People, people ask me a lot what my favorite song is, and it's, like the, it's always like the song right before I come up to preach. Like, that's my favorite song this week. So I, that, I love that. Do y'all love that song? Love that. I always love to do a, a survey of the room, and um, this, is, this is a place where it really is safe. You can admit stuff, and what I'm going to ask, this first question, it's, it's really safe. In fact, it's going to hit most people in the room. I'm just kind of curious how many people here in the room and or online have ever gotten a speeding ticket? Just one. Just one. Okay, one speed. Okay, oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, well, the, you know, if y'all quit speeding, the tithing would probably go up around here. My, notice my hands up. How many, just, how many have gotten two speeding tickets? Two. Came up three, four. Five, six, seven. Those of you that still have your hand up, do you think that God might be trying to tell you something? <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, I've, I think I think I've gotten four. How many? Is, how many never got a speed ticket? Never, never. Okay, cool. I, all the police see that? Because we can handle that right after the service today. Right after the service today. We got you. Because we want you to feel apart. We want you to feel apart. Let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. This is, how many of you have ever sped, but you, you, you just haven't gotten caught? Right? Okay, that's everybody. That's everybody. That's everybody. Like you're in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, and you look down, you're doing 70, and, and there's... And you just happen to be speeding, but nobody saw you, and so you pull your, you know, like your, your foot off the gas or whatever. All of us, all of us in this room that have driven a car have sped, but you just haven't gotten caught. Now, let me ask this question, and this is a question where I don't want you to raise your hand because, I mean, honestly, we could all raise our hand on this one, but how many, how many people here today have a day or an event or a season in your life that you hope nobody ever finds out about. Yeah, that's the reason I didn't ask you to raise your hand is because that's all of us. All of us have that, that day or that season or that event, and, and maybe one or two people know about it, but we don't want anyone else to find out about it. You know why? Because we deal with enough stuff knowing about that event. And if others knew about it, maybe we feel like we would have to go into hiding and we could never come out. It's this thing, it's this thing that we deal with. It's this thing we deal with. And all of us, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, this, this, this next thing doesn't discriminate. It's called condemnation. And there are so many people here today that you wrestle with condemnation because of that thing or that season or that event, you don't talk about it. You don't want others to know about it because you've seen what happens to people when others find out. In fact, there's two types of condemnation that I'll really kind of go into before we dive into our subject today. First of all, there's self-condemnation. And I was thinking about this this week. Um, how many of you, you're telling yourself, how many of you remember mixtapes where you'd make the mixtape? You'd make the, yeah, not, hey, I remember making mixtapes and you kind of do that for somebody that you loved and you forgot their name. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. 
But some of us have allowed the enemy to make a mixtape of our mistakes and we play it over and over and over and over again in our minds. In fact, what's true for me is probably true for some of you. A friend of mine told me one time, if you spoke to other people's, if you spoke to other people the way you spoke to you about you, you would have no friends. But it's this trap that we fall into where we begin to believe the lies of the enemy are actually truths about us. And we, listen, the devil's not at work in our life. He just started a mixtape about 10 years ago, and it's been playing over and over and over again. And we fall into this thing called self-condemnation. Now, the other thing, the other thing that we all have to deal with, especially here in the southeastern part of the United States, is condemnation from others. Uh, Did you know other people have an opinion about you? I had somebody come, oh my God, oh my God, I I could go for days. I had somebody come after me. I said, um, on one of my social media platforms this week, I said, I'm dressing up this year for Halloween. I really am. I'm dressing up. I'm super excited about it. And this guy said, I wonder how Jesus feels about that. I'm I'm sure sure he'll be, I, I just tweeted him back. I'm sure he'll be fine. He tweeted me back, we'll see. Dear God, who are these people? But there are people, listen, the reason you don't want people to find out is because is when they find out, you get kicked out. You kind of get pushed to the side, and so you'd rather kind of hold that in. Condemnation from other people. I'll, I'll just share an example. This, is, this really, really, really happened. We did our first baptism here back in May. So back in May, we had our first baptism, and, and somebody asked me when we're doing another one, um, Soon. So we'll do another one soon. All right. So, but we did our first baptism and the first person that we baptized in the church, his name was Gabe. And this is a picture of our baptism. This is me baptizing Gabe. Do you know, do you know I had people come after me because of that picture? They said, you shouldn't baptize in a tank top. A couple things. One guy was like, why didn't you baptize in a robe? Because I'm not a freaking Jedi Knight. (laughs) Obi-Wan P. Noble is not in the house. (laughs) So I just told the person, I was like, you missed the point. This is a baptism. A baptism. It shouldn't matter if I was wearing a Speedo, which is not happening, but it shouldn't matter. And the tank top was $2 at Target. Oh, my God. Now, I've baptized sleeveless for years. I used to have a sleeveless shirt that says, Jesus is watching you smoke that weed. I baptized in it for years. Nobody ever said anything. But people will come after you for certain things. I'm, I'm not making this up. One pastor... He, like he came after me hard. He's like, I would never baptize in a tank top. I pulled up his profile and I was like, oh, I can, I know why. Anyway, anyway, I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. i just leave. <laughs> I go to, he's watching right now. I know you are. So I go to the gym, you go to Golden Corral. We just leave it right there. We just keep moving. Now, Ed, we're not going to put this one on. Um, we're, let's not even post this online. Anyway, it seems though, it seems though, it seems though, it seems though that 
the goal for the church is to make us mad at others and feel bad about ourselves. And, and that's just culture. That's just Southeastern culture that if, if we leave, we got to be mad at a particular group of people. And so you got to be mad at those people. You got to be mad at those people. We got to, we got to protest those people. We got to do this. And, and then you got to feel bad about you. Yeah. Like you, if you don't feel bad about you, then you didn't go to church. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the more I read the scriptures and in particular, the more I read the gospels and the more we find out about Jesus, I don't think that's what he intended at all. Because we've been looking at this passage right here. This is the fourth week in a row. We'll finish it up next week. But we've been looking at this passage where Paul writes, for he has rescued us, we talked about that week one, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. We talked about the name change week two. Who purchased our freedom, we talked about that last week, and forgave our sins. That, that, That we're forgiven. That if you're in Christ, you're forgiven. You're forgiven past, present, and future. You're forgiven. Everybody in this room that has a relationship with Jesus is forgiven. The the person that carries self-condemnation, you don't have to carry that because according to the scriptures, you and I are forgiven. The person that, that receives condemnation from other people Listen, sometimes we can get so obsessed with what other people say about us that we can lose sight of what God says about us. And when other people are putting us down, God is trying to build us up. The reason we started this church right here is because I want for people to know, and I think it's a good thing for people to know, that in Christ, you are forgiven. You are a forgiven person. I believe, I believe, I believe, that the church will begin to thrive when we stop being cathedrals of perfection and actually become a basement of grace where people can walk in as they are, meet Jesus, and then leave as Jesus wants to transform them. That's what I think the church has been called to me, and I think that's what the church has been called to do. When the prodigal son came home, did the father put him in time out? Did the father say, you must, listen, we got to give you some time to see if you're going to repent. No, the father embraced him and threw his arms around him and welcomed him home and killed the fattened calf and had a party and celebrated. You know why? Because in the moment when the son came home, when the father embraced him, that was the father saying, you are forgiven. I want the world to know that they're forgiven. I want the world to know that that's what second chance church stands for. And there's a part that all of us can play in this. There's a part. In fact, there's five things that we can do. Five things that we can do. I'm going to ask everybody to do or consider doing if you really are excited about the message of forgiveness and you want to see it go forth. The first thing is pray. Now, I know that some people think you can't pray. You do. I was talking to a friend this week. They're like, they asked me, they said, when you pray, do you just talk or do you get all proper? I'm like, I talk, the Bible, the Bible says that we're to call God Father. So, so I, I talk, like, I'm honest in my prayers. Honest, 
Uh, hey, let me just say this. Let me just say this. If you have never cussed during your prayer, you yes. probably hadn't prayed. Yes. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know some of y'all are like, I don't know about this church. But think about how weird it is when people go, Oh, Father, we would like to thank us thee for thy many blessings upon us in this place. And <laughs> Pastor Peter, you making fun of them? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Because all the parents in this room, if you walked into your house and your child went, Oh, mother, we thank us thee for thy blessings upon this house. You'd be like, you're doing crack and bring it right now. Bring it right now. Bring it. When I pray, prayer is nothing more than talking to God. Prayer is nothing more than that. One of, my, one of my favorite prayers, one of my favorite prayers in the world, when I get stressed out and freaked out and I get ready to melt down, have you ever been there, stressed out, freaked out? This is my favorite prayer. This is my favorite prayer. You ready? Write this down. It'll change your life. Here you go. You take it. You take it. Amen. When I get, when I get invited to somebody's house and they ask me, Will you thank God for it? Will you bless the food? I'm like, yep. We all bow our heads. I go, God, thanks for the food. Amen. Everybody looks up. I'm like, I don't have my quiet time at the dinner table. Thank you very much. Now, I'm saying all that to say that during the week this week, as God prompts your heart, would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Second Chance Church? Because, because we want as many people as possible to know that they're forgiven, I got super, super, super convicted on this because I heard a speaker say um, a couple weeks ago, I listened to a lot of speakers and podcasts and all kinds of stuff, and I heard a speaker ask this question. I got super convicted personally. He said, if God would have answered all your prayer requests last week, how many other people would have benefited? That was stung. That one stung. And I'm not saying don't pray for yourself because, I listen, I pray for myself. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know what? I've got to spend some more time intentionally asking God to do, listen, listen, to do the supernatural. Here's Because here, here's the secret. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. All that stuff in the Bible, I still believe he does it today. I still believe he um, heals people. I still believe he moves in power. Like all that stuff that the Bible says about God, I don't think it stopped. Some people are like, it stopped. Okay, that, no, you stopped. Jesus didn't stop. He's always working. So as we move forward as a ministry, would you be willing to just pray that God will bless this ministry so that more and more people will know the message of forgiveness? Second thing, second thing, second thing, second thing is serve. Now anybody can serve. I brought my dog to church this morning. It's the first time I brought him. Chance, he's so cute when he's sleeping. <laughs> Several weeks ago, we pulled up, and I'm trying to teach Chance not to just jump out of the car. I have a, I have a big truck, and, and so he, I'm trying to teach him not to jump out of the truck. And he's got it now. He's good. But a few weeks ago, he gets so excited when we get here, that he, just, he, just wants to get, he just wants to get in as quick as possible. So he jumped down on the floorboard. I was like, stay. I'm getting my bag, and he's trying to get out. I'm like, stay. And he hopped back up in the seat. 
and he's getting ready to jump out, and I went, chance, and he peed in my seat. In my leather seat, peed in my seat. Karis is sitting across from me. She said, what are you going to do? Now, what happened next, I'm not making this up. It's a true story. My daughter's here. She could tell you. I said, I'm going to fix the problem. Chance, is gonna, Chance has an opportunity to serve. I turned him upside down and scrubbed the seat with my dog. I swear I did. He's fine. We gave him a bath when we got home. But... It was an opportunity for him to step in and solve a problem that nobody else could solve, right? I believe, though, I believe, I believe, I believe in the power of serving because that's when, that's when people come alive. By the way, by the way, Shannon, who sang this morning, um, she's, I mean, girl can sing, girl can sing. But I was talking to her about her story. She didn't start off in the church singing, she started in the church serving in the nursery holding babies. She didn't walk in. Have you ever seen somebody that walks in and tells you how gifted they are? They ain't gifted. If they have to tell you they're gifted, they're not gifted. Somebody that's gifted, they, they just walk in. You see, like LeBron James, does he have to tell you, I'm a great basketball player? No, put a ball in his hand and just step back. I'm so glad somebody asked that girl to serve in the nursery. Because as she did, somebody was like, have you ever considered leading worship? She's like, well, not really. And now it's like when she picks up the microphone, it's like the presence of God. It's, that started with serving. Let me tell you something about serving. Serving will do two things. Serving will literally help us change the world. I don't want to be known as the church that screams at people. I want to be known as the church that serves people. But here's why. It's incredibly difficult to be judgmental of someone when you have a serving towel over your arm. And notice the people on TV, the hyper right religious, when they're screaming and yelling at people, how many people are those people actually serving? When you serve someone, it absolutely disarms them. And people, this is where people push back and they go, I, some people don't deserve to be served. Uh, uh. If Jesus could wash the feet of the men that were going to betray him in less than 24 hours, then who are we to say that someone doesn't deserve to be served? That's, that's, what, that's what I want this place to be known for. When people come and they drop off their babies, we got people back there serving in the nursery right now. We got people serving in preschool. In a few weeks, we'll have people serving in G Kids. We've got people serving as greeters. We got people serving as ushers. We have people here between 5.30 and 6 o'clock in the morning getting this place set up ready. You know why? Because they know more and more people are coming. And so far, we've, we've seen close to 700 people receive Christ at Second Chance, not because... Not, not because I'm this great speaker, it's because people have been willing to serve. The second thing is when you serve, something comes alive in you. It really does. Every single person, every single person in this room, every person, there's not one exception, every person, you have at least one 
spiritual gift in your life. You do. You have at least one. Some people have more, but, but you have at least one. Now, I'm from a Baptist background, so we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. He's kind of like crazy Uncle Eddie. He showed up at Christmas. You never knew what he was going to do, but you just kind of let him show up anyway. But I believe that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives at the moment of salvation, and at that moment, you are given a spiritual gift. And if you use that gift, listen, not only does it help other people, but it helps you become more alive in your walk with Christ. One of the things I've discovered is when you really get down in the dumps, if you'll actually begin to step out and serve other people in some way, shape, form, or capacity, it's amazing that the life it'll bring to our lives. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you've been showing up for a while and you're like, I've been interested in serving, but I don't know when, I don't know how, it's very easy. Just text SCC serve to 97,000 or whatever that is, 97000. Now, let me just ask a question. Let me answer a question because we have people ask, what if I can only serve once a month? Awesome. Got to start somewhere. What if I'm not a Christian? Hey, you don't have to believe to belong. Half the people clapped, and half the people got nervous. I don't think God could... That's the problem. You don't think God, at that point, anything you feel... I mean, God can use anybody for anything. If you're here, I'm glad you're here, and you're welcome to serve in this place. You know what's crazy? Some people have been like, hey, like, what if somebody shows up with a really sketchy past and you put them out there greeting people? Okay, first of all, do you know who the preacher is? <laughs> second of all, second of all, listen to this, listen to this. In groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, who, who, who they've done an, an incredible job. Do you know who's the most qualified to lead a group? An Alcoholics Anonymous? An alcoholic. They don't take the perfect people and put them in charge. They take the people who have been broken and busted and know what it's like to get back up. Those are the most qualified people in the world. So if you've been messed up, jacked up, effed up. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. You are welcome in this place to serve. I have completely gone off script this morning. Here we go. Number three is give. Oh, got quiet. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. This isn't, this isn't like tithe or die, right? Ride or die, tithe or die. I got um, an invite on, um, let's see, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. I check it like once a week. Um, about two weeks ago, it was an amazing opportunity. There was a guy in Zambia that told me he had to flee to Chad, another country in Africa. And while he was fleeing, some money got tied up that he had at a bank account in Spain. You can't make this up. It was $3.3 million, okay? He needed my help (laughs) getting the money 
from Spain to Chad. And if I would just give him my routing number and accounting and an account number, he would let me keep 1.7 of the 3.3 million out of the generosity of his heart. I, I, just to let y'all know, just to let y'all know, I, I didn't do it. I get about one of these a month. I told one guy one time, I was like, man, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm not going to be able to do that because this week I have a unicorn farm and I'm going to, I'm hanging out with my unicorns and like, like you, you know what a scam is, right? People in this room have been scammed. All of us have been scammed before. Somebody's been, we've been taken advantage of. And here's the thing, and I'll say this, and I'll say this with integrity. When you give to this church, this is not a scam. We exist to see people far from God come to Jesus. And, and, and at the end of the day, giving really does stretch you in your personal walk with Christ. So I just want to invite you, if you've never taken that step, I want to invite you to take that step because it helps you in your walk with Christ. But the other thing is, just do me a favor real quick. Just look around the room. We're out of space. We're out of space. We're nine months old. We're averaging around 825 people a week. We've got to find another location to go within the next year and a half because that's when our lease runs out on this facility. And God's going to make a way. You know how I know God's going to make a way? Because a bank is not going to make a way for a church that's nine months old. You know what? Because people gave, we were able to cash flow this building. We were able to cash flow that renovation over there. And the next step that, listen, if what the king wants, the king pays for. And so at the end of the day, I believe, and, and this is personal, I believe that you can't outgive God. I believe you can't. That's all I'll say about that. Not tithe or die. It's just give. Number four, invite. My life was changed because somebody invited me to church. And they didn't just do it once. And they didn't do it apologetically. Hey, I'm going to ask you to do something you probably don't want to do. There's a place you probably want to go, and there's something you don't want to do, so you want to come? I mean, they didn't do that. He invited and invited and invited and invited and invited and invited. And like, I finally just showed up. I had a conversation with a guy the other day. I didn't realize this. Um, he was told me, he said, you know what? I sat down and he said, I listed out the number of times that you invited me to church. And he said, you invited me to church. I'm not making this number up. 750 times before I said, yes. Wow. I was like, well, I was persistent. <laughs> But it changed his life. His entire family's been saved. I've seen it. I've seen it happen right in front of my eyes. I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You just said we don't have any room. So I'm going to invite people to, I'm, I want to invite you to watch it from a phone in, your, in the parking lot. No, we, we, we had to switch some things up. In the South, people are more likely to visit a church on a Sunday morning. And so we sent this email out this week. Um, I, got I got BCC'd on all of them, so I got 3,000 emails letting me know that we're changing ser our service times in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks. We're doing 8.30, 10, 
and 11.30 instead of 9.15, 11.15 and 6. The reason we're doing this is it's better for our volunteers because you can attend one and serve one. You don't have to circle back around. And what if we fill these three up? Then we'll do them at night. We'll do, them, we'll do three, we'll do four, we'll do five or whatever. But we're going to change our service times because we want to create more space. And parents with children are more likely to come in the mornings than they are in the evenings. And we're opening up that new kid space. And I want to max that thing out. So... At the end of the day, I'm just kind of curious who you know that you need to continue to invite to come to church. Because at the end of the day, at the, let me ask you this question. Let me just ask this question. I didn't plan on this. But I'm just curious. How many of you came to church for the first time because somebody personally invited you? Raise your hand. The rest of my case. Number five. Number five is receive. Receive. I did an interesting experiment about 15 years ago and videoed the whole thing, but I don't have the video anymore. I went to the mall and tried to give away $20 bills. Now, some of you are like, I would have taken it. I don't know if you would have or not. Because I walked up to people and I was like, hey, man, hey, man. Want a 20? Literally, people would be like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> like, no, there's nothing inside of it. I hadn't even snorted anything with it. It's just a $20 bill. No, I'm good. I'd walk up, and the lady, I would assume remember the lady, she's walking in, a big purse, big purse. Look, could have put her family in the purse. I was like, come here, ma'am. You want a 20? She was like, no. I think she went and got mall security, but they already knew we were there because we'd already arranged it. I walked, there was, a, there was a, like a 12-year-old boy. I was like, hey, man, come here for a minute. Come here for a minute. Come here for a minute. You want a 20? He was like, yes. He took it, ran up and told his mother. His mother made him bring the $20 bill back to me. He was like, it's so funny. It's so funny that we're more likely, if, so, if we're out at the mall or something and somebody asks for something, we're more likely to give it than receive it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, none of, none of this matters. The prayer, serve, give, invite, none of that matters if you've never received the grace of God, if you've never received forgiveness. And, and listen, listen, listen. I know there are people in this room that don't feel forgiven. But facts are greater than feelings. And an empty grave, like we talked about last week, is proof that you are forgiven and free. The only reason, the only reason that we don't live in that freedom is because we allow self-condemnation and condemnation from others to define us rather than the words of God, which said we are forgiven. In fact, John said it this way in one of his letters. He said, but if we confess our sins. Now, I've had some people say, that means every sin you've ever committed. First of all, none of us know every sin we've ever committed. No, it's, just, it's general. God, I'm a, I'm a sinner. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from, what's this word right here? All. There's no exception there. There's no exception to God's grace. There's no exception to God's grace. 
Forgiveness means complete forgiveness for anybody in this room and anybody watching online. I don't know what you did, but I know who Jesus is. And I know he's greater than what we did. And because of what he did, what we did is covered under the grace of God. I think the reason some of us wrestle with this so much, and I understand this, is because that thing that we don't want anybody to know about, we've got to provide a safe environment for that to come out. Because James, the brother of Jesus, said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's people here today, you've been forgiven, but you've never been healed. And the reason you've never been healed is because you've held it in because you're so scared of what somebody else is going to say about you. I want you to understand, this is a safe place to say, I'm struggling with an addiction. This is a safe place to say, I'm struggling with depression. This is a safe place to say, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling to have hope. I'm struggling to believe. I'm struggling to have faith. This is a safe place because if you can't admit it in here, how in the world can we live for Christ out there? I love that song that we sang, healed and forgiven, healed and forgiven, healed and forgiven. That's who we are in Christ, healed and forgiven. So if you're here today and you're in Christ, you can celebrate that. And if you're not in Christ, you can be in Christ. We're going to end a little bit differently today. Would you stand with me and pray? Father, thank you so much. Jesus, that you are our healer. You are the one that removes our chains, God. You are the one that, that sets us free. Father, I pray for every single in this person here today and online that we know we're free, but we wrestle with feeling that way. God, that we would, in these next few moments, surrender. And for those here today that do not know you, Father, that we would surrender.